this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Praise God. I'm glad to see you here. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. Get you a Bible so you can see what the, the B-I-B-L-E says today. Then go with me to the book of John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Now, we're, we're on our third week on the end. And we're talking about eternity in heaven and hell. And I'm just going to tell you again today, just look at the truth, okay? Look at the Word of God. Let's pay close attention to what Jesus says today. Not what our religious customs or traditions have told us. Let's just look what Jesus said. And when we do that today, it's going to set you free. Now, I'm going to preach you the Word today. I'm promising you that. It's, it's going to be good today. But get your, get your heart ready and just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you. Teach me today. So we can talk about, Father God, that God is love, but God is also holy. And God's, God is also just. And there are times in God's life that He even operates in wrath towards sin. And so we can look at the things of God and we can say, well, by my standards... That seems like it's unloving, but it's not unloving in God's standards. That God himself said through the word in Proverbs 3.12, he said, those I love, I correct. Now, let me ask you this, how many of you have ever asked God, I welcome your correction? I encourage you to do it. Welcome his correction. And I tell you, it's powerful and it's not in an ugly way. Let me, let me give you an illustration of that just real quick. If your child was riding his bike in the street, you wouldn't sit up on the porch with a glass of tea and say, I hope that little idiot doesn't get hit. No, you would jump up and you would correct him and say, Billy, Billy Bob, get out of the street. And you would probably raise your voice, wouldn't you? You wouldn't say, Billy Bob, get out of the street. And that's exactly how God does. He does that to love us. And remember in Psalm 115, verse 3, it says God is God and He can do whatever He pleases. Now, I don't say that ugly, but think about this, that if I believe God is God, then I believe He's the Creator. And I do believe that. And so you know what? He made the rules. He set the guidelines, and my job is to live by what He's asked me to do. And so we're going to talk about some things, and I want you to look at some, some of the Scripture here just to lay a little foundation. John 13, verse 35. Jesus' words, he said, By this, all men will know or recognize that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So the, the proof of the pudding in being a disciple of Christ is the way we love one another. Now, be careful how you define love. Why do I say that? Turn just a chapter to John 14. Look at verse 15. Jesus' words again. If you love me, keep my commandments. So he gives me a definition of love there that I'm not really sure that I want to see at times. So what Jesus is telling me here, it's one thing to love me, and many times we say we love God, but I'm going to live however I want. 
not what he said. He said, if you love me, obey my commandments. Now let's dig in this a little bit farther this morning. We're going to get to the end on what we're talking about. Go to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to see some ways this morning that Jesus talks about love, but also how Jesus is telling me and you, you're going to have to learn to obey my commands. And these passages, they deal with eternity. Matthew 25, let's look at verse 31. Red letters. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then he will sit on his throne of his glory. Now this is talking about judgment day. And this isn't just a story. This is an actual event that will take place. Verse 32. All, not some, but all the nations, all the people will be gathered before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. So on this day we call Judgment Day, there's going to be some separation. And the Lord Jesus is going to divide people. Verse 33, And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. Now this is one day that you're really going to want to be on the right side, okay? I promise you. But when I looked at Jesus on this day called Judgment Day, is going to divide or separate, and ones are going to be on the right, and ones are going to be the left. How does Jesus make the verdict or come to the conclusion on how ones are on the right and ones are on the left? Verse 34. Then the king will say to those on the right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared from you from the foundation of the world. Come, you blessed of my Father. Now, he's talking about ones that are going to spend eternity in heaven. But what was the evidence that Jesus was looking for to give me that sentence? What's the proof of the pudding, in other words? Well, let's look real close here, verse 35. Jesus said, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, the righteous. They called him Lord. They confessed him Lord. When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Now this is interesting that Jesus is telling us right here that when we treated people with kindness and love, He said, it was if you were doing it to me. So you look about what Jesus is talking about. He's saying the evidence that he'll come to the verdict on ones that will spend eternity in heaven was a thing called moral character. And that character was revealed 
by how I treated people. Because even how I acted toward people and I responded to people in need. I want you to read it again one more time, verse 40. And the king, Jesus, will answer and say to them, Surely I say to you, inasmuch or whenever you did it to one of the least of these, and that word least there means in estimation of man, not in estimation of God, in estimation of man, my brethren, you did it to me. So he's saying, and you've got to look at people through my eyes. And it's little, simple acts of mercy and kindness where you chose not to ignore or overlook people. And so Jesus is telling us that the evidence he's looking in our lives is for servanthood. But see, it's one thing to confess Jesus as Lord, but it's another thing to imitate him and live like him. Keep reading, verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Right here, Jesus gets over to eternity. And note, there's only two options. You're either going to be on the left hand or you're going to be on the right hand. You're going to go to heaven or you're going to be in a place that's called everlasting fire. And so he's telling me here, there's literally going to be people that will be sentenced to the same place and the same fate that the devil and his demons were. And if you'll note in verse 41, Jesus said that you'll be sentenced to a place that was prepared for the devil and demons. In other words, that place wasn't prepared for humans, but humans will go there. I know this isn't easy to hear, but once again, I want us just to see what Jesus had to say about this. So how did Jesus reach the verdict that these people would spend eternity in hell? Verse 42. For I was hungry and you gave me no food and I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they, the ones that were on the left, also will answer him saying, Lord. Now get a hold of that right there. There's going to be people that will spend eternity in hell even though they called him Lord. I didn't say that. Look what the Bible, this is what Jesus said. Is that not what Jesus said? Yes. Yes, Pastor, that's what Jesus said. I can't overlook it. I can't get away from it. I can't get around this. And he said, there will be ones that will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, as surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And so Jesus said, when you had opportunity to show kindness or compassion to people, but you didn't do it, you didn't do it as if it was me. 
And I think this is a lot of times where we get in issues. When we don't do things as we're doing it unto the Lord. But look at the end here. Verse 46. And these will go away into everlasting punishment. Verse 41 said everlasting fire. So he's telling me right here that hell is a never-ending place, but the righteous into eternal life. The only thing I see, there's two options, either heaven or hell. That's it. But the evidence that Jesus was looking for was how I respond to people in need and how I treat people. That's the evidence. That's the proof that Jesus is looking for in every one of our lives. Now, many times when you read the passages in the New Testament, you'll see this phrase that's associated with Jesus' name, and it says how Jesus was moved with compassion. And every time in the Bible, it does not matter who I see that comes to Jesus, he never says, get away from me. He responded with love to the, the tax collector. He responded to love to the, to the woman caught in adultery. He responded with love to the prostitutes. But he was always good to people. He had time for people. Look into the book of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. So in saying that, to be born again is not just to confess Jesus as Lord, but to be born again to say, you know what, I'm going to act like Jesus. I'm going to imitate Jesus. Now, one of my prayers for my own life in these last few weeks here has been this. Father God, fill me with compassion. Fill me with compassion. Be careful when you pray that, okay? Because when you start saying, Lord Jesus, fill me with compassion... He's going to have you walk it out. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Read with me here. Luke 10. Let's begin in verse 25. And you're going to see the love of God right here. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and he tested or tried to trap Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? Or how do you read it? So the religious lawyer answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Now he was an expert in the law. And right here he quotes Deuteronomy 6, which is true. We're called to love the Lord, and we're called to love our neighbor as ourself. So we jump real quick to verse 28. Or verse 20, yeah, verse 28. And Jesus said to him, You have answered rightly, do this and you will live. Now there's a great nugget in there. It's the word do. He said, don't just talk about it. He said, actually do this. Actually do it. But the lawyer, wanting to justify himself or his actions, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor or just who is my neighbor? And the lawyer's question here suggests that there must be some to whom the obligation to love does not apply. It's if this lawyer was saying, 
you don't really mean for me to love that person, do you? Watch what goes on here in these next few verses. Verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. You know what? This is probably in reference to go to Jerusalem to Jericho. This was a Jewish man. A Jew lived in Jerusalem. So he's talking about a Jewish man. So he goes from Jerusalem to Jericho. And he fell among the thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now the objective of the thieves was to exploit him. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that same road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. You know what the priest's object was? Let's avoid him. I'm going to get in your business a little bit here just a second. How many of you have ever came across a person that you had a good idea that they were in some type of need? They wanted something from you. Whether it was a guy standing on a street corner with a sign or just an, a reference similar to that. And so what's the easiest thing to do? Well, if I don't ever make eye contact with them, then I don't have to deal with them. So just like this guy avoided them, it's very easy for me to do the same thing. Let's just act like they don't even exist. Keep reading. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came and looked. So get this, he came and looked. He went and checked it out. Then what did he do? And he passed by on the other side. So his objective was that of curiosity. But a certain Samaritan. Now get this, the Samaritans, real quick. The Samaritans hated the Jews, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. This was downright hatred and hostility. They hated each other. And so this Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, this Jew was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He had pity. He had sympathy. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. Now let's just suppose that this Samaritan he didn't have any problems in life. Everything was smooth sailing. Let's just suppose that he didn't have anything to do. Not. See, a lot of times this becomes our excuse. I got too much. I'm too busy. But yet this Samaritan, who in the natural, they, they hated the Jews, took the time. Verse 35, and on the next day when he departed, he took him out to Denari, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him and whatever more you spend when I come again, I will repay you. So think about this, Samaritan. What did he do? He gave his time, he gave his resources, and he gave monetarily. To someone in the natural, we'd say, but they hated them. Verse 36, Jesus said, so which is these three do you think was neighbor him who fell among the thieves? And the lawyer said, He who showed mercy. Not he who just talked mercy. He who actually did it. He showed mercy on him. And then Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. 
So to be born again is more than just to confess Jesus as Lord. To be born again is to actually imitate Jesus. Now I want to highlight verse 25. This is where we started. Go back and look at verse 25 and look real close at this. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? So how do I get away from that thought? Jesus right there gave us an insight or a nugget that said, you want to inherit eternal life? Be good to people. Be good to people. Treat people like you would like to be treated. And I don't know if all the years I've read that, that I really tied it in with exactly, you want to inherit eternal life? So how do I bypass that? How do I teach it? I can't. Look with me in one more passage this morning, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. Now this is a passage that is a great passage to teach on faith. And for years, I'll teach on faith and I'll use this passage right here. But just in the last couple weeks... Man, the Lord opened up the scriptures to me and I looked and I thought, I've missed the keys to faith like he was talking about right here. And so let's look at this and watch what takes place here. Matthew 8, verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to Jesus pleading with him. This centurion was a Roman officer in the military. Jesus was a Jew, and the Jews hated the Roman officers because of how they were treated by him. So this Roman officer, it says, he comes to Jesus pleading with him. And once again, these are guys who have lived in hostility toward each other, but know what Jesus did. He didn't kick him in the rear and say, get out of here. But a lot of times that's what we do when we get around people that there may be hatred. There may be hostility toward them. Keep reading and Jesus will fill in some blanks here for us. And the centurion said to Jesus, Lord. He confessed Jesus as Lord. My servant is lying at home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, no worries, I'll come and heal him. To this Roman officer that had been notorious for being bad to the Jews. So you ask the question, why would Jesus do that? So we keep reading verse 8. And the centurion answered and said to Jesus, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority. The new living says, I know this because I am under authority. Having soldiers under me, and I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, 
he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And so what Jesus is saying, listen, boys, I haven't found such great faith among the Jews as this Roman. Now, you know what I begin to pick up here? The thing that triggered this guy's faith, if you'll note in verse uh, 10, Jesus said he marveled and said to those who followed. Anytime that Jesus went anywhere, people followed in multitudes. So there had to be a lot of people there. So for this Roman officer to come to Jesus and plead to him, can you imagine all the people that witnessed this and saw this? So for this Roman officer to do this, it took great humility. 1 Peter 5 says that God gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your care upon me, for I care for you. And so this Roman centurion, in front of all these people, he literally bowed to Jesus with humility, But also, it was out of an aroma of great honor. Of great honor. And because of this guy's humility, and because of his honor, it got Jesus' attention. Now, this plays a part in even eternity. Keep reading here. Verse 11. And Jesus said, And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west. And you know what the many's he's talking about here? Many Gentiles. Many, just like the Roman centurion, will come from all the directions of earth, and they will sit down with the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So you know what he's saying? He's telling the Jews there, get ready, boys. Because in heaven, sitting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to be a lot of Gentiles. And I thought some of you would shout, that's us, we're Gentiles. (laughs) That's me and you. We're going to be having tea or a latte with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's going to be an incredible day. But look what he says in verse 12. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's saying the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Jews. He's talking to God's chosen. And he's saying there will be some Jews that will be cast into outer darkness. You know why I believe he's saying that? Because I believe they were prejudiced. I believe they had some form of racism in them. I believe Jesus said this to them because they acted like they were better than the Gentiles or the Romans. And Jesus was saying, listen boys, you got it wrong. You'll be cast into outer darkness. And he ends with, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, numerous times when Jesus talks about hell, he uses that weeping and gnashing of teeth. 
those words are very deliberate by Jesus. And those words are, are harsh and chilling. But I believe Jesus wants us to know that you want to avoid hell at all cost. Don't mess with hell is what he's saying. Even to the Jews here. And when he says they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, the very people that gnash at other people right here on earth, their teeth will gnash eternally in hell. Ooh, it got quiet in here, didn't it? When we start looking at other people, and think we're better than them. Look how Jesus ends in verse 13. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done to you. And his servant was healed that same hour. You know what I believe Jesus was saying? When you put on honor, and you put on humility, and you honor Jesus, and you live humbly before Him, it'll unleash your faith. But if you think you're better than other people, it will block your faith, and not only will it block your faith, eternally, it'll mess with you in hell. Now, how can I avoid anything He's saying there? In Galatians chapter 2 and verse 6, the Apostle Paul said this, that God shows no favoritism. The Apostle Peter in Acts 10.34 said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. So you know what's going to be in heaven? The Jew and the Gentile. The red, the yellow, the black, the white, the brown, the black sheep, the white sheep, the swirl sheep. Every type of sheep. That's what's going to be in heaven. And he's telling us here, we better learn to live with each other right here on earth or you're never even going to make it to heaven. Now, with great grief in my heart, I'm going to give you a statistic here. Right now on this Sunday morning in the United States of America, less than 6% of all churches will be multiracial. Thank God Faith Christian Family Church is multiracial. woo I thank God I see all color of skin here. I rejoice in that. But here's the thing about this. We do life together. We work at places with other color of skin. We go to school with other color of skin. We go to the same mall with the other color of skin. But when it comes to church, oh no, that's the white church. That's, are you kidding me? And I begin to think about this, that this Saturday will be Tech's first football game, and there'll be fifty to 60,000 people in there, and when one of Tech's football players scores a touchdown, there will not be one person in the crowd says, I'm not going to yell for him because he's a black guy. We don't care why, whoa, yeah, we go nuts. Who cares what? 
But when it comes to the things of God, oh no, we don't do that stuff. And we got to get our hearts right. And we got to start looking at what Jesus said. And you know, the problem in America isn't because of the Department of Justice. And the problem in America isn't because of civil rights. The problem in America is a heart problem. It's a heart problem. Are there prejudiced white people? Yeah. And there's prejudiced black and there's prejudiced brown. And the only answer is Jesus. And when we get Jesus in our heart, he'll start changing us. You can't hang around Jesus and not change you. Stand up with me before I get in trouble. In a good way. I look at all this, I said again today. And I know some of it can be just eye-opening. But you know what you heard today? You heard the truth. You heard Jesus' words. This is what Jesus said. And so right now, I just ask you to bow your head. And you've got to judge your own heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you right now. Holy Spirit, come and touch our hearts and convict our hearts. If you know that, man, you've struggled with compassion. I don't have compassion for people. Or if I do, it's very selective. Or maybe you know in your heart, man, I struggle with prejudice. I struggle with it. See, in either one of those cases, it's I got to have Jesus come in and say, Lord Jesus, fill me with compassion. Lord Jesus, I don't want to be prejudiced. Now, let me just share this with you real quick before we let, let these altars open up. I've been studying on this for a couple of weeks. And Friday, there wasn't many people around here. And I love to come in here and pray. And I'm sitting right here praying. And all of a sudden, I can tell someone's there. And I look right here. And there's a, an older man. He's a grandfather with a grandson. Standing right there. And I don't know where he came from. And I said, can I help you? And he said, yes, sir. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just real spiritual and religious. And it's almost like, how dare you mess with me while I'm praying? This is where the Lord will correct you. I've been reading these very scriptures that I talked about. That's why I said, if you pray for compassion, be careful. Be careful. And the Lord was like, what are you going to do, buddy? So I walked over here, and the little boy is about that size. Had little tears in his eyes, and he said, Daddy, or Granddaddy, my, my tummy hurts. And I said, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, I need a can opener to open this can of ravioli so we can eat. He 
talk about the Lord compressing someone. So we walked down there and I, I opened the can up. And I poured it into two little bowls and I stick it in the microwave and I heat it up. And I got him a bottle of water. And the little guy's still crying. And I'd had some leftovers that I'd brought up here to eat with me. And I ran across to the office and got him. And I took him back and I said, Sir, if you want this meat right here, you can have it. I said, Eat it all. And they were like magicians. It was gone like that. I realized how hungry they were. And the little guy got up and he still had tears in his eyes. And I looked at the older man and I said, Sir, i got to ask you, do you know Jesus is Lord of your life? And he said, Yeah. And I said, I want to pray with you and your grandson here. i got to lay hands on him. And I looked up and right there by the door was one little red lollipop. Gave it to that little bitty guy. And I saw his little eyes light up. And God spoke to my heart and said, You got to wear that all the time. You got to do that. Just learn to live in a realm of, of compassion. And so, if that's you today, I'm going to have the team sing this. Let's surrender to God, let's surrender to Him. I can't change everything, but I can change a few things. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.